You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for our Forces of Destiny recap. Uh, today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 6 of Forces of Destiny, entitled The Imposter Inside. I'm your host, Cassie Sketch, and while today we are going to be getting to the episode The Imposter Inside, we have a little bit of news coming straight from Bob Iger, who is the president of Disney. Um, he came out with some statements in an interview uh, recently, kind of taking the blame for the current release schedule of um, our Star Wars films and uh, the subsequent disappointment at the box office with uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story, um, stating it was his fault that the movies are coming out so close together and that we should be expecting a little bit of a slowdown from our movie releases. He also said that doesn't mean anything um, about movies that are currently in the works. Uh, Obviously episode 9 and the Benioff and Weiss saga, um, but that we're not going to be getting those once a year movies anymore, which personally I don't really have too much of an opinion on. Uh, I did have a little bit of a problem with Solo coming out so soon after episode 8. I know that I didn't get as much of a chance to get super excited about Solo and when it was like a week away. um, I was still kind of in a spot where I was like, oh yeah, that's coming out really soon. It wasn't one of those things where I was uh, counting down the days as I did with, um, with The Last Jedi. Uh, for The Last Jedi, you know, there was a whole, like, month of, like, every day I'd come um, up to my friends and be like, yo, we have, we have uh, 27 days left. There wasn't as much of an excitement building around Solo because of it its uh, close proximity in there with the release of The Last Jedi, as well as having had Infinity War come out uh, just, what, a month previous? And so I don't I don't really have to explain too much of this to you, but the internet was very much uh, excited about Infinity War and not so much excited uh, about Solo, and that very much could have been changed if Solo had come out in December instead. I think that they could 
still be doing this um, once a year release with the Star Wars movies, but I don't think that they should be putting one out in December and then one out in May and then a year and a half until the next one. I think if they're going to put out a movie every year, it should be once a year, same time of year. I was very confused with Solo coming out in May. I, I know that that is the original uh, release of episode four and that's kind of where they were coming from with that, but I don't think um, it was thought through that well and they're, re they're realizing that now and they're coming out about that, apologizing for that. With the slowdown of the schedule, obviously, we're not gonna be getting as much uh, as we originally thought we were gonna get, or, or we are, but it's just gonna be spread out a little bit more, which I'm fine with. I think each movie should get its chance to breathe and have its proper anticipation and have its proper uh, kind of payoff afterwards. And I know that I was, and still am, kind of getting confused at what all is in the works and what all is being planned to uh, release, especially now that we have a lot of novels and animated things coming out with us as well as our our movies. So it's, it's good for us to take a pause and slow down. Again, that's part of why um, I, I liked Disney taking Star Wars in the first place is because we got a chance to start over and I think a lot of the fatigue right now from fans is coming from our inability to keep up with what is going on because even those of us who are hardcore still have lives contrary to popular belief outside of uh, Star Wars and aren't able to take in all of that new content as fast as it's being put out. I'm so behind on comics and so behind on books that I'm starting to feel like there's not really a purpose in me reading them, um, which is not what should be happening. I should be given a chance to get excited about everything that's coming out. And Lucasfilm should be uh, giving us a chance to anticipate these things instead of um, having so much going on that we don't really know what's happening. Because um, that's a problem that I'm going through right now. So all in all, I'm 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 pretty indifferent about this. I'm I'm excited for them to give us a chance to breathe a little bit. Obviously, what we've had four movies in the last three and a half years. It's kind of insane. Four movies, a TV show, half a TV show. Well, I guess, and we also had um, Freemaker Adventures. So that's a lot. That's a lot that's happened in the last couple of years. Now that I'm I'm letting it kind of breathe. Um, in my head. It's gotta be, I mean, obviously not as much as Marvel has been putting out, but uh, Marvel's also got a gigantic fan base and they do have that ability to make these solo movies for separate characters uh, that's gonna get its own, um, each character can kind of have their own space, unlike in Star Wars where our characters can have their own space, but just by the nature of how uh, Star Wars works, they kind of do still need to keep connected and all the characters are in a way connected um, in a different, it's, and they are in, you know, the MCU as well, but uh, it's not, it's not exactly the same. Nothing's exactly the same. Uh, they're two different franchises, two different stories, but I think that they're really, they're trying to do what they have been doing with Marvel uh, here with Star Wars, and it is not, um, I mean, they're two different things and they don't work the same way. And um, I think part of what 
makes people love Star Wars as much as they do is that we don't have a whole ton, or we didn't for a long time have a whole ton of uh, information on Star Wars, or not information, but we didn't have, you know, a million movies coming out, and so the movies that we did have were so beloved, and then all of a sudden, you know, in the last 20 years, we have seven new movies, which I'm, there's nothing wrong with. It's just it changes kind of the landscape of the fandom and how it works, and I obviously don't know as much about what things were like before the prequels, um, because I was not alive, but I do know that from what I've heard from uh, the adult fans, the people who were there and alive for the first movie, for A New Hope, um, is that things have definitely changed. That's where there's a lot of uh, fighting within the fandom, uh, is between the new, new fans and the old fans, and that's understandable. But Solo would have definitely done a lot better had they given it that extra six months uh, to breathe to come out of uh, The Last Jedi. Anyway, we'll get off that topic. I droned on about that for a little bit too long. Um, there was, this isn't really any official Star Wars news, but uh, it was popping up a lot in my feed um, on Twitter and Instagram and whatever else. Um, but there was a fan... Um, fan-made trailer of it was a fan-made uh, remake of um, a New Hope's trailer but in a uh, 80s anime form and I thought I, I watched it and I thought it, it was really really cool to see it um, in a different way I I'm one of those people who I love those video this sort of has something to do with it I love uh, the videos of singers on YouTube who will take a song and sing it in uh, different styles. And I thought that this was similar to that, just in the way it was, you know, it was a different style that than what Star Wars is in, but it still works in the same way, which is interesting just because a lot of stories and storytelling is so similar to that of other forms. And it's always interesting to see how it could be, how Star Wars could be in a different format and kind of how it would translate into that and that was really interesting also whoever made that um I don't recall who it was but it was fantastic it was beautiful it was really well done not too much on that I just wanted to mention it um if you look it up on YouTube I'm sure it'll come up someplace uh very very interesting um we also have the first four episode names uh for Star Wars Resistance uh we have episode one the recruit which is going to be october out october 2nd which is or 7th not 2nd october 7th uh which is in a little bit more than two weeks i believe which i forgot completely that it was this close um coming up um and seeing this news reminded me that it is very close very excited about that we also have season one episode two uh the triple dark season one episode three Fuel for the Fire in Season 1, Episode 4, The High Tower. Obviously, we know we know that the recruit is going to be about our main character, Kaz, and him being recruited by Poe. But the other three episodes we didn't doesn't really give us too much information on what, what those episodes are going to be about. I have a few inferences. This is just my immediate thought, and there's probably no... No truth to this, but this is just the first thing that comes up in my head. The Triple Dark is probably um, a group of kind of faux uh, racers uh, and or is some kind of racing move 
that um, somebody's trying to do just by the, the sound of it. Fuel for the fire. I have no idea what this is about. Um, somebody online said it's probably about them trying to get racing fuel, which takes it quite literally, um, which very well could be. But I also like how that um, kind of plays in to some of the things that were said throughout The Last Jedi with the whole, um, we're the spark that'll light the fire that'll burn the First Order down. Um, there's a lot of talk about fire and how everything's fire. Uh, even uh, during Rebels, we had some we had some talks in names of episodes that were fire, obviously the spark of rebellion and fire across the galaxy. There's a lot of that kind of, I don't know if it's symbolism or metaphor, but a little bit of both. But that's something that comes up a lot within uh, the rebellion uh, here in Star Wars. So I thought that was interesting just seeing that was the name of an episode because it, it kind of brought back um, some of the other things that have had to do with fire in the rebellion might have nothing to do with that at all But in my head, I made that connection um, And then episode four the high tower which no idea I imagine there's some kind of viewing tower um, for the racers for yeah for watching the racers or For some kind of race. Maybe they have to climb a tower um, That one's kind of confusing. There's not a whole lot um not a whole lot of information we get from uh, this this uh, episode name announcements. I was glad that we got them. It's kind of interesting. I know we got a lot of information during Rebels um, just from the announcements of episode names and uh, the descriptions. These, actually, you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, these were not officially announced. Um, I forgot what I saw, but these are technically leaked, I believe but they sound about right and what uh, an episode the episode's names will be so i'm taking these with um take these with a grain of salt obviously but i'm taking these as what they are but that's all we really have for news this week so let's go ahead and get started with the episode after ahsoka finishes securing the perimeter of padme amidala's apartment padme asks her to stay predicting trouble for the negotiations with the arthurian delegates from, from people who do not want them to go successfully Ahsoka at first declines, but then notices that the handmaiden that prepared the table set it with utensils, even though the Arthurians never use them and might find their placement on the table offensive. Padme also seems confused by her finding and proceeds to question the handmaiden. Upon being questioned, the handmaiden suddenly pulls out a blaster and fires at Ahsoka and Padme. However, the Padawan is quick to react and they find cover behind the table, which Ahsoka turns over. Ahsoka rolls into the heat of battle and ignites her lightsabers, with which she deflects a few of the intruder's blaster bolts. A few of them hit the assassin and forces her to reveal her true nature. The Claudite, Cato Parasiti, activates a secret thermal detonator that has been hidden under the now-turned-over table the entire time. Padme slides the table to Ahsoka, who cuts out the thermal detonator with her lightsabers from the other side. Using the force, she pushes the detonator outside through the balcony which, where it harmlessly explodes in the air. Before Parasiti can make her escape, Padme smashes her in the head with a piece of pottery. Ahsoka tells Padme that she reminds her of Anakin. Padme remarks that the negotiations will have to be postponed, to which Ahsoka replies with a suggestion of eating all the prepared food before it goes to waste. This episode feels like it is straight out of the Clone Wars, which I love, and going through the comments on YouTube, which I do after watching each of these and making my notes for the podcast, I, uh, a lot of people were agreeing with me. This felt very much like something that 
could have happened in the Clone Wars and maybe was something that had happened in the Clone Wars, uh, which is really cool. Um, we have Ahsoka and Padme together, which is great. Um, we know that their relationship together kind of builds throughout the Clone Wars, um, and we get a lot of that um, throughout Forces of Destiny uh, with a couple other episodes um, here and there coming up. So obviously I love this episode. We have uh, prequel era stuff and Ahsoka, of course. I loved, one of, the, one of the things I loved in this episode was the obvious callbacks to uh, Attack of the Clones uh, with the changeling here. I don't know if that's what they're officially called, but the Claudite. Uh, Parasiti, who was also in the Clone Wars. Um, Okay, so she was she was a part of the episodes where Cad Bane and them were uh, trying to steal the holocron from the Jedi Temple. Um, so that was also interesting that we got to have her in here because she's not she's not exactly prevalent throughout the Clone Wars, but she is in there. Uh, so that was pretty cool to see her involved in here. Also, just the fact that we did have that changeling in here, which, as I said again, is a, is a callback to episode two where a changeling was attempting to uh, assassinate Padme on a bounty. And so that's obviously something that has happened before. And so it's cool to see kind of history repeating itself here again, because that's, I mean, that's something that happens a lot within Star Wars. It was kind of funny at the end here, though, uh, going along with that, how as soon as they, you know, defeat her, they're, they're like, oh, you want to have dinner? Uh, essentially, which, I mean, it's kind of, they're just like, oh, it's like a totally normal thing that somebody just tried to assassinate you. Let's have something to eat. Um, it was a, it was a funny joke there at the end. Uh, it's definitely something I would, uh, say to my friends. Um, maybe not exactly in that situation. That'd be a little bit more freaking out, but plans were canceled. You know, you're like, uh, we still have food. Let's eat that. At the beginning, we have um, Ahsoka coming in and saying the perimeter, the outside is clear, uh, which is the perfect kind of foreshadowing in here for this episode, especially with the title being the imposter inside, because yes, the outside is clear, but the inside is not. So that's just interesting there. Um, and I, I love that how they put those little tiny things in there that little kids aren't going to catch, but um, the older people will catch. Um, even if it's something little like that, you know, just that one line, which is great. We got we got a couple pretty funny one-liners in here as well. You know, Ahsoka saying, uh, I'm guessing she's not on the guest list. Or um, even at the end when Ahsoka uh, tells Padme that she reminds her of Anakin, uh, which makes me laugh in future episodes of Forces of Destiny, we kind of, we finally get the confirmation that Ahsoka does know about uh, Anakin and Padme, but I don't know if that was before or after this episode here. Um, I'd have to look back kind of at timelines, but I don't think it's exactly apparent, especially because um, if you really look at like the timeline of when Ahsoka was with Anakin, it's it's only a two two or three years, so it, it could have been very soon in here. It was it was cool here to see uh, the detail being caught by Ahsoka that the they had the utensils on the table because that's not something that a normal person would have picked up but obviously Ahsoka being the smart person that she is and being astute and knowledgeable of different cultures uh, across the galaxy was able to pick up that something was wrong there and pointing that out knowing that something's wrong and, and most people would 
typically uh, brush that off and say it was a mistake, but I think they both knew, uh, they both know that in situations like this, they can't always take things like that and not uh, realize that maybe something's off. And if something's off, even small like that, they do have to kind of analyze that a little bit more and kind of get to the bottom of it, especially since uh, Padme had given such uh, specific instructions. Um, the the thought that also went into the handmaidens, um, or I guess not the handmaidens, Kato's, Kato, Kato, uh, her plan was pretty well thought out, um, because I, I feel like they could have easily just had her in there and, like, she was planning on shooting her or doing something, poisoning the food, but it was cool that they had kind of the detail of she was disguised as a handmaiden so that she could go and set the table and plant a thermal detonator under the table undetected and so that disguise served that specific purpose that would also not uh incriminate her in any sort of way along with the thermal detonator uh it took a long time for that detonator to explode. And that was another thing I had seen throughout the YouTube comments is that that detonator just took its sweet time. And obviously that was for the purpose of the story and them having to figure out how to get rid of it because it had already been armed. And Ahsoka cutting through the table and sending out, out the window was really cool, especially because she couldn't see it, but we know that she could feel it kind of through the force. I don't know why she didn't just, uh get throw the table out of the room but I it's also just uh it's very heavy they could have just run for it but the way she did it was very cool and it served the correct purpose um the one thing watching this episode for the first time you watch it and you kind of you sit there and you're like well Padme is just cowering and Ahsoka is doing everything which is great I mean not great it's cool to see Ahsoka doing things and stepping up, but you watch the beginning of this and, and Padme is just kind of hiding and she sees the detonator and she doesn't think of a way to get rid of it other than telling Ahsoka, uh, which is, I mean, it's Ahsoka's job to do that type of thing, but it would have been nicer if they had kind of teamed up a little bit more than they actually did. And in the end here, Padme does get in the final blow in the battle, but she doesn't do anything other than that. Um, so there was no real, like, teamwork element within this episode. We just have Ahsoka fighting on her own and then Padme coming in at the wire to complete the job. But I don't think that there was much else that Padme could have done. She is a senator. But now I don't want to say that she's not a strong character and she's not somebody who uh, could have done anything, but... Uh, I don't think it was her place within this story here to be the one to do anything. She's not one of those, she's not one of the characters who's going to fight with her strength and with her um, power, but she's going to fight more with her mind. And she does do that later on within Forces of Destiny. And I'm glad that they don't come in here and give characters who don't have any reason to be physically fighting a physical fight. They're taking their characters into account when they put these episodes together and decide what their characters are going to be doing in these. And so I, in a way I'm very glad that uh, Padme was not doing as much in this episode except for getting that uh, final blow in there. And I think that that 
also might have been uh, a good way that they were able to uh, defeat Kato um, because she wasn't really thinking about Padme. She was only thinking about fighting Ahsoka because Padme was just kind of sitting there and not doing anything. So she wasn't as much of a threat, but she was able to blindside her there in the end. She kind of took that opportunity that was there that they had made by forcing the changeling to underestimate them or est underestimate her. Um, so that was good. And then that, I mean, I guess that was teamwork a little bit there. At the beginning of the episode, I wasn't seeing the teamwork, but towards the end, you know, you do get them working together a little bit more there, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't as much of a, wasn't as much of a team effort as it was opportunist, um, bashing over the head with a pot. But all in all, I'm, I'm really glad that we got these two characters together. Um, they are obviously two of our there are our two most prevalent um female pre prequel characters and uh getting to see them together is great um it's it's always fun and you get to also think about why they're together because it it's probably you know a position where Anakin needed to be doing something um but wanted to make sure that Padme was safe and said, Ahsoka, you, you do this, um, make sure she's okay. Um, which is always funny because they, I mean, then they are, they're together a lot and it's Anakin's doing. And that's just interesting to see how their relationship was created through Anakin and Padme's relationship and how they do sort of become friends throughout the Clone Wars. Because we always we always like girls who are friends with each other and we don't uh we don't get that a whole lot through uh Star Wars. Most of our female characters are on their own along with the boys, uh, instead of with other girls. Let me think. We have Sabine and Hera, they're together. Um, but other than other than them, we don't really have um, two main girls at the same time. Um, and through through the Clone Wars, we get episodes where it's just Ahsoka and Padme. And obviously here in Forces of Destiny, we get a couple of those. Um, and that's always great to see because they don't need a guy with them to have an interesting story. They don't need, they don't need that. Uh, they're able to do it on their own. There's not just the the token female character. You you have more than one, which is I hope what we are moving towards here in the future of Star Wars. Um, hopefully with Episode Nine, we'll be getting uh Ray and Rose together, and then we will finally have um we'll have two female leads in a live in a live action movie, which will be nice to see. <laughs> But this episode was not very long. Um, most episodes are about three minutes long. This one was only two. Um, so there was not a whole ton to talk about with this one. So I think we're about done. So as always, thank you for listening. And you can stay up to date with all the latest in Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast and on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Cassie Scutch, that's C-A-S-S-I-E-S-C-U-T-C-H. 
And of course, we're part of the Thunderquack Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other podcasts in the network. And if you'd like to support us, you can do that in one of two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack and pledging your support. Your monthly pledge gives you access to cool exclusives like the Thunderquack podcast and the Thunderquack group on Facebook. Thank you guys so much for watching and we'll be back next week with The Stranger. <laughs>